would you pray? The times I've heard that over 20, the 20 years, 22 years of being a pastor, this is a desperate situation, would you pray? It is far better to pray before it becomes a desperate situation. So we want to encourage um, lifestyle prayer in the house of God, where we are a praying people, where we are, we are building prayer into our life, whether it's at the beginning of the day and it's our closet time of prayer, or whether it's a, a constant throughout the day, um, praying without ceasing kind of prayer lifestyle. We want you to be encouraged, stirred up, and just really engaging, not just with a series of thought, but with a lifestyle of prayer in your life. Um, so this morning, we're going to be looking at a subject of types of prayer. We've looked at all sorts of others up to now. I'm not going to go through the list. I'll probably refresh you when we get to the end of the series. But today, we're going to look at the different types of prayer. We're going to look at specifically five, if we get time, um, which I hope we do. Um, last week, I mentioned that first and foremost, prayer is about a privilege. This is about us coming before the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords and being able to spend time in his presence in a prayerful way, communicating. Prayer, remember, prayer is communication. When we can come, you know, if you wanted to go and speak to our King, um, well, you wouldn't get there, all right? Let's just be honest. No matter how good you think you are, you're not going to get to go and see our King. But if you had the wonderful privilege of being in his presence, for whatever you think of King Charles, wonderful presence of the king, would and what would you say to him? You may fumble over your words. You may be sort of in awe of being in his presence. You may want to say about, the, 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 um, you know, about his allotments and um, his food and how he grows. You may just have a, an area that you could talk and communicate with him. Who knows? But he has no influence on the world around us, or very little, compared to the King of Kings, who upholds holds things. All, he upholds all things by the word of his power. He flung the universe into being. And we have the privilege of coming before God in prayer. That is absolutely amazing. So let's always remember, it. number one, it is a privilege. But also, it is in prayer that we can see the move and the might of power of God released. It is in those moments when we come before him, when we pray with absolute confidence in our life, that mountains move, strongholds are broken, captives are set free, that the power of God present is there to heal. It is the, is the most amazing thing to know that in the gift that's been given to us can change a person's life through the power of prayer in Jesus' name. It's incredible. You know, I, I, I gotta rem I've always got to remember, first and foremost, prayer is a privilege to communicate with God. But he's also given us the power to use his name, the authority to use his name, and to do the works that Jesus did here on this earth. That is an awesome responsibility. And it wasn't just given to those who are on the stage. It's given to every one of us, because whatever job you do in life, you are in ministry. You may look at me and say, oh, I wish I could have his job. <laughs> I'd say, well, before you wish anything, walk in my steps, right? <laughs> it's, it, it can look nice, it can feel nice, it can sound nice, it can, you know, but I tell you, 
It is so important that you realize you are in ministry. You may be paid by the Royal Navy to be in ministry rather than the house of God. You may be in ministry and you're a care worker and you think going into, into your care homes or going into somebody's house and having to look after them. You are in ministry. Whatever we do, we are all kings and priests unto our God. Amen? Let's always remember that wherever you are and whatever you do. Like any soldier, remember, we are in the army of the Lord. You know, we're not Salvation Army. We don't, we're not, I'm not a brigadier out the front or you're a private in, in the army of the Lord. No, but we are in the army of the Lord. And being in the army of the Lord, we need to know the weapons of our warfare. And we need to know the armor that's been given to us. You know, go away and read Ephesians chapter 6 and re- refresh yourself. The, the armor of God quenches all the fiery darts of the enemy. Knowing that it, it quenches all the fiery darts of the enemy, you need to remember that there are darts that are fired your way. Fires, darts of temptation, discouragement, disillusionment, they are arrows that the enemy is constantly firing at us, the church. Fear, condemnation, they're all things that are aimed our way. But the Bible says that the armor of God, the shield of faith, quenches all those darts that are fired our way. So let's remember to pick up the shield of faith and put on the armor of God. But also the weapons of our warfare are important to be aware of. In 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 4, we read these words. If you've got your Bible, feel free to flick it open. Come on, let's have a Bible. There we go, pages. For those who haven't got their Bible, that's fine. We have a great big one on the screen. So... And I have my one on my screen here as well. But I like to have my Bible with me. It's much easier to me to read that size print than this size print these days, all right? But it says this in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 4. For the weapons of our warfare are not physical weapons of flesh and blood, but they are mighty before God for the overthrow and destruction of strongholds. They are mighty in God. What you have been given, what's been positioned in your life, what you have access to, are mighty in God. You may look at prayer and you may think, well, you know, I know prayer works, but I don't know if it always works. It doesn't seem to always happen for me. I'm not very good at praying. I don't feel I can pray effectively. I tell you what, if it's in God, if it's prayed in His name, He takes our ineffectiveness, our weakness, and in the midst of our weakness, he makes it strong. He looks at the heart. We may not be able to word it word perfect. We may not get the right from the wrong and and know every scripture to put in it so it's threaded through like a masterpiece. It's not about that. It's about are we praying from our heart And are we praying in his name? I do believe in praying the word of God. I do believe in praying in Jesus' name. I do believe in praying thy kingdom come and thy will be done. But I'll tell you what, my father in heaven and your father in heaven would sooner hear your voice pray than not hear you pray at all because you don't think you can. He wants to hear from you. 
But here it says that weapons of our warfare are mighty in God for the overthrow and the destruction of strongholds. What strongholds are you walking in personally? And what strongholds do you see in those that you love, those that are around you, maybe those people at work, whatever the situation? If we believe this, then we have the power, we have the tools, that we have the weaponry needed to pray through and see those destructions of those strongholds in people's lives. That, to me, is amazing. It's the power of God in us, moving through us, touching and changing the lives of others through the power of prayer. Someone may say, isn't prayer, prayer? Isn't prayer, no matter how you pray, isn't prayer, prayer? Well, I want to ask you a question. Is money, money? So if I've got a fiver in my pocket and you've got a 50 pound in your pocket, we're doing exchange? Come on. Is, is, is prayer, prayer? No, there are different types. Is money, money? I tell you what, you could have a 50 pound and someone gave me a 50 pound the other, the other day. It's like, oh, that's nice. There was a reason why they gave it to me. I'm not just saying, oh, let's, let's have all these 50 pound notes fly. There was a reason why they gave me the 50 pound note. Anyway, so they gave me a 50 pound note. You just imagine it, right? I, I, that 50 pound note is a blessing. It's like, yes, that's really nice. But if I'm in a car park and I think, oh, yeah, I, I need a fiver, and I pull out my 50-pound note, it's of no use in that moment. I could have done with a fiver, not a 50, in that moment. But call me greedy. If someone offered me a fiver, a 10, or a 20, or a 50, I'll take the 50 every day. All right? Because I know the value of the 50 compared to the five. But certain moments in certain times of our life, the fiver is more needed than the 50. And that is the same principle with prayer. Prayer is prayer. Money is money. But we need to pray with the right financial ingredient to see the right answer when we pray. And I believe today, hopefully, I'll be able to express some of those things to you because we need, we need to pray with the right spiritual currency. Don't be praying 50-pound prayers when a fiver are due. It's all gone quiet. Hopefully I'll be able to explain this. <laughs> Otherwise I've just got myself in a great big hole that I'm not going to be able to get out of. 50 pound notes rather than 5 pound notes. Spiritual currency. Are we praying the right kind of prayers in the right given situation? Not all prayer is the same. And therefore knowing how to pray effectively... Praying with strategy, praying with laser-directed precision. I believe God hears whenever we mutter a prayer. He hears. But do you know what? Sometimes it's us. I have absolute confidence that I am praying the perfect will of God in this moment. So five different ways that we can pray. Number one, intercession. We're going to look at this a little bit more next week, but I'm just going to briefly... See, if, 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 for some in this room, with the amount of people in this room, when you hear the word intercession, you suddenly think of intercessors, and some intercessors in the journey of my life have been fruitcakes. <laughs> just being honest with you, okay? So let's distinguish fruitcake from intercessor. 
What is intercession? Simply put, it is the act of praying for somebody else. It's, it's so simple. When we break it down to reality, we, are, we all should be intercessors because we pray for others. We intercede on the behalf of others. If you pray for your children, you are interceding on their behalf. If you pray for the work colleague at work, you are interceding. What are you doing? You're standing in the gap between heaven and earth, and you're saying, Father, I know you hear my prayer. They need your help. And every one of us in this room, you are an intercessor because you pray for others. Otherwise, all we do is we box in certain individuals who are labeled intercessory prayer warriors. We all are because we pray for those that we love. We pray for those that we don't particularly love because they need our prayers. Whatever the reason, we pray for others. Um, I just want to give you one example of a, of a prayer in, of intercession. And it's in the life of Stephen, um, one of the first disciples who was martyred. Um, Stephen, in this situation, he could, have, he could have prayed anything. Lord, call, I'm calling down fire from heaven and consume them. Lord, the rocks that they're throwing at me, Lord, let them bounce off me and hit them back. He could have prayed anything. But he interceded for their soul. And I think this is so important because people throw stuff at you. And we can pray carnal prayers or heartfelt prayers. And I believe it's so important that our heart is in the right place. His intercessory prayer is this. Acts chapter 7 verse 16. Remember, they are throwing rocks at him to kill him, to take him out. Then he knelt down. He didn't fall down. He knelt down. It was on purpose. It was a part of the journey that he was on. Then he knelt down and he cried out with a loud voice, Lord, do not charge them with this sin. And when he had said this, he fell asleep. The guy was in a mess physically. He had been hit by so many rocks at this point, but he was still standing. And he interceded for those that were around him, throwing these stones. And he said, Lord, don't lay this sin on their account. You know, what would I have said? Lord, remember every one of them. <laughs> when, when they get to heaven, or when, if they try knocking on the door of heaven, remember every one of them, throw a stone at me. That would have been my thought. But we've got we to gotta have a heart that prays beyond our feelings. It's so easy to pray according to our feelings, but actually we've got to, we've got to separate this, the flesh from the spirit. We've got to walk in the spirit, and when the spirit says pray for those who despitefully use you, we are able then able to do that because we walk in the spirit. And Stephen was in the spirit in this moment, and he prayed for those that were throwing stones at him. It is standing in the gap. Did they deserve his prayer? No. But so often when we pray for others, especially those that are perhaps giving us a hard time or those that, uh, you know, if you've got terrible neighbors and, and you think, oh, Lord, just move them out. It's so easy to pray because that's a fleshly prayer. Natural. Lord, get rid of them. You know, get them out of here. 
But actually, the prayer to pray is, Lord, save them. Whatever's causing them to be this way, Lord, do something. Move, intercede on their behalf. It's so easy to pray. Get rid of them. Bring in someone nicer. <laughs> Jeff and Jane are looking for a, neighbor, uh, looking for a house. Pray them in. You, you may not want us as your par- <laughs> neighbors. As your pastors, yes, but as your neighbors, that's something very different, that is. Anyway, um, anyway, so I'm going to look at intercession a bit more next week. What is prayer? The prayer of supplication and petition. I'll tell you what I thought. I'm, I'm going to go and look uh, at all sorts of prayer ministries and, and just try and find out if there's anything, any subtle difference between petitions and supplications. And I got confused. I started reading. I thought, this is just... So supplication is praying for somebody else and petitions are praying for something for you. And then I'd look at another prayer, prayer ministry and, and they were the other way around. And I'm thinking, I don't really get this. Lord, forgive me if I don't get this. And I came to the conclusion, I wrote this down. Our Heavenly Father desires to hear from his children by bringing our requests and our needs before him. So don't complicate prayer. That is what I wrote because I was getting complicated. It was like messing my head. If I came to Jane and said, Jane, I'm going to petition you, or I'm going to ask you for something, I'm going to request something, she's going to do it regardless of whether I say request, petition, require, beg, ask, yeah, whatever. She's, she's going to look at me and think, I would do anything for you. She's my wife. Why wouldn't she? And how much better is our Father in heaven? How much better is he? We don't have to get it right. Is this a request or a petition or a supplication? Is this an ask, a demand? Or, or We could get ourselves so messed up trying to get the nitty-gritty. He wants to hear from you. Ask and it shall be given. Just ask, request. You use your word, but as long as you're doing those things, it's important. Philippians 4, 6 says this. Be anxious for nothing. I could, I, we could stay there for a month of Sundays. Five-week month of Sundays. Because there is so much anxiety in this world. One in four people live with constant anxiety in their life. And that includes the church. And yet God said, in his word, be anxious for nothing. Be anxious for nothing. If Jesus could walk around this room now, I wonder how many people he would lay hands on and say, be anxious for nothing. Because he sees the heart. I, I, I could come around and say, oh, I think you look like you're worried. Let me pray for you. You look like you're anxious. You're nibbling your nails. Let me pray for you. But Jesus, I wonder how many he would go around. Be anxious for nothing. Be anxious for nothing. I wonder in this room right now. But you know what? That's the requirement that he says. I've got the whole world 
In my hands, I've got the whole world. In my hands. If he's got the whole world in his hands, why worry? Come on, let's be real. Oh, no photographs. Let's be real. He knows your life. And he says, be anxious for nothing. I know that's sitting in the hearts of people in this room. But it goes on and says, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. Why do I say our Father wants to hear from you? Because he does. In every situation of your life, he wants to hear from you. He wants to hear your heart praising him and thanking him. He wants to hear your heart saying, Lord, I need this, I need that. You know the needs of my heart. He, he wants to hear from you. Before we pray, he hears. Because he knows everything. But he still wants to hear from us. And he says, be anxious for nothing. Your Father in heaven knows what you need. Father in heaven, he knows what's going on in our lives. So the prayer of petition and supplication is when we come before him and we say, Lord, I'm just going to stand and pray and I'm going to ask you and I'm going to seek your face for this situation. And I believe for the answer of prayer. If you want to pray scripture and you don't know where it is, if you've got an index at the back of your Bible and you're thinking, Lord, there's a scripture here, hurt. I've got so many hurts in my life. I've got so many areas where I just, it just feels so heavy in my life. Okay, go to this. Um, okay, thou shalt not hurt. No, no, it will be by no means. You shall not be, you shall not be hurt by the words of others. Father, I just bring that word before you. And I'm asking that you heal my heart. Do you know what? He binds up the broken hearted. That is going before him and saying, Lord, just, just being, being real before you, Lord. I, I don't think I can pray for them. The, the words that they spoke, the things that they've done, the journey that I've been on, they, they've just let me down. They failed me so many times. Jesus would come back and say, I'll never leave you and I'll never forsake you. I will bind up the brokenhearted. I'll bring healing where, where in, in, in your life where, where there's hurt right now. See, that's where having a Bible with an index can be so helpful. Or you can go back on Google, type into Google, okay, how can I pray for healing? I need a healing in my heart. I need a healing in my physical body. You may not know the scriptures that talk about healing. You may never have applied them to your life or you never have remembered them. So you go to Google and you ask Google, healing scriptures. And I tell you, healing scriptures will come out by the abundance. And scriptures like 3 John 2. And all of a sudden you get excited about, uh, he wishes above all things that I prosper and that I be in health. 
just as my soul prospers. And if there is soul prosperity, if your whole being, spirit, soul, and body is prospering in the things of God, he brings health and strength to my life. And then you turn to other scriptures and other passages, and it speaks about that he, by his stripes we are healed, and, and, and he carried our sicknesses, and he, he bore our diseases. I, I, just all of a sudden, the word becomes something that you can pray. Why, why is it so important to pray the word? Because he watches over his word to perform it. The Bible is very clear. He will watch over his word because he doesn't want it to fall to the ground. He will watch over his word to perform it in our life. And when we start praying the word, the power of God is released and he watches over that word to perform it in your life. You know, one of the things that we're praying on in our heart is, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And we're declaring that over not only our children. Uh, I think it was last night when we prayed. Uh, I started, I thought, oh, yeah, my children, my grandchildren. We haven't got great-grandchildren yet. But I thought, I thought no. To the fourth and the fifth, I just kept on going. The fourth, the fifth, the sixth, the seventh generation. I don't want it to suddenly stop with my children and my grandchildren. As for me and my house and the generations who come after me, that they will serve the Lord. Come on, let's just return the word of God to him on a regular basis. When we request something from God for ourselves or others, our prayers can either be petitions or supplications. He just needs to hear from you. This is the heart cry of Hannah in 1 Samuel, 1, uh, 1 Samuel 1 verse 11. Then she made a vow and said, O Lord of hosts, if you will indeed look on the afflictions of your maidservant and remember me, and do not forget your maidservant, but will give your maidservant a male child, then I will give him to the Lord all the days of my, of, of, all the days of his life, and no razor shall come upon his head. What is she saying? She's petitioning the Lord. Lord, please, I want a child. How many times did she pray? How many times did she go to the house of the Lord? How many times did she go to her husband? How many times did she walk with the knowledge that she was without child? But there came a moment in the household of God when she prayed and she knew that God had heard. And something happened. Her countenance was changed. Her natural visual look had changed. Because she knew she had touched heaven and heaven had answered her. There is something incredibly powerful in praying. Next one will be this, praying prayers of praise and thanksgiving. Having a heart full of thankfulness is so powerful. Was it at the ladies' conference yesterday? You said, was it 75% of people are negative? This is a, this is a, second, negative thoughts. Right, right. That's a lot of negative thoughts. And 95% of them are repetitive. See, depending on your outlook on life, whether you have a negative or a positive outlook, will determine how you view God and how you expect him to answer you. You know, you could, you, could, you could pray the most wonderful prayer. 
And someone's the most powerful prayer at that particular moment. And someone say to you, oh, how, how are you doing? Well, you know how it is. <laughs> Death and life are in the power of the tongue. And they who love it will eat the fruit thereof. Double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. Let not that man expect he receive anything of the Lord. Uh, how important it is that we are speaking what we desire the harvest to be. There's no need, come on, we do not want to be a people who are sowing word seed in the ground of our life that is so negative that we hate the harvest that we walk in. Because that will come because every seed that we speak is a seed that goes into the ground. We need to be people who are speaking life-giving seed so that the seed that we get, the return that we get back is a harvest of the things that we desired, not the things that we dread. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Every word that proceeds is either life-giving or it's death-giving. It's either building up or pulling down. It's either encouraging or it's negative. We've got to be a people who, who tame the tongue or we will reap a negative harvest in our life. And you'll wonder, where on earth did that come from? Well, let, let me remind you. Remember this message. Did you change? That's all I need to say. The Apostle Prayer reveals the heart of a praying believer. When it comes to thankfulness, in 1 Thessalonians 5, he says this, Rejoice always. That's hard to do, isn't it? Come on, Paul, be, be real. You know, didn't you go through, ah, oh, didn't you go through the shipwreck? Wasn't you cast into the deep? Wasn't you beaten with rods? Wasn't you um, whipped three times? Didn't you live in persecution of the Romans, persecution of, of the religious, persecution of the Gentiles? Didn't you experience being stoned to the point of death? And yet he can turn around and say, rejoice always. Come on, has anybody, anybody in the room had a life like Paul? Come on, let's, 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 let's jump on the scales and let's, you know, oh yeah, Paul, Paul, Paul went through a little bit more than me. No, come on, let's, 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 let's put the scales in the correct order. We go through stuff. We do. But we don't go through stuff like Paul went through. So here it says, Paul being the one who's writing this, rejoice always and delight in your faith. Do you, when was the last time you delighted in your faith? That you had a little dance party at home. Oh, I'm saved. When was the last time? When was the last time that you, 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 you sung praises to the God in the quietness of your own home? Because you are free from the power of sin. And that sin has no longer any hold over your life. It doesn't mean that you don't fall into sin. But it has no hold over your life. And you just get all excited and praise the Lord. Come on, that's what Paul's saying. Rejoice always and delight in your faith. Be unceasing and persistent in prayer. In every situation, no matter what the circumstances, be thankful 
and continually give thanks to God, for this is the will of God for you in Christ Jesus. How many people have come to me over the, the, the lifetime that I've been around and said, I don't know what the will of God is for my life. Okay, here we go. It is to be thankful and to continually give thanks to God. This is the will of God for you in Christ Jesus. We should be of all men and women on this earth so, so thankful. So thankful for our salvation. Thankful that we woke up in the morning and we've got breath in our lungs, we've got something going on in our head, and we've got a life to live. So thankful that we have a roof over our head. We've got food on the table. So thankful that we've got the ability to, to live and breathe and have our being. He doesn't, give, he doesn't say give thanks for everything. There may be things that you're going through in life that you're not thankful for going through them. We know what it's like to go through stuff and not be thankful for the stuff, but be thankful that he's our strength in the journey. Being thankful that he's there no matter what the circumstances. Being thankful not for, for the issue, but the fact that he's bigger than the issue. Not for the mountain, but the, for the mountain mover. It's, it's just having the right perspective. I'm so thankful that the mountain mover is in my life. I'm so thankful for the one who can bring breakthrough in every situation. I don't like the stronghold, but I know the one who brings breakthrough. I'm so thankful that he's in my life. That is bringing perspective to the journey. And I'm going to finish with this one. The power of prayer and fasting. I thought I'd say it fast just in case anyone doesn't like fasting, all right? The, prayer, the power of the prayer and fasting. <laughs> yeah, I said it fast. I said it fast because it's, it's, it's one of those things. Whenever you go on a prayer and fast, you want the fast to be over um, so you can get back to feasting. If, 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 it, if, if Jesus said prayer and feasting, how many of us would be, oh, yeah, I like that one. But he didn't. He said prayer and fasting. So, like, Lord, why? Why, the, why the fasting, not the feasting? It's because we'd all be huge. Prayer and fasting. So I, before I get distracted, let me just stick to the script. The Hebrew word for fast is tanit. T-A-A-T-A hyphen A-N-I-T or sum. T-Z-S-U-M. I'm not good at Hebrew, as you probably worked out all these years. But it, that's the Hebrew word, and it means to put a cover over your mouth. So let me just qualify this one in the room. It doesn't mean fasting from Facebook, all right? Because that's not going to stop you going on Facebook. It's not fasting from the things and the pleasures of life. It's those cream cakes and those curries and those roast dinners that you cook. It's the food that sustains you and the pleasure that you get from eating it. We've got two minutes. Don't worry. You can go home and eat in two minutes. It, it's that mouth-watering, drooling feeling that you get when the taste buds start to... And he says, I want you to fast for a day, for a week, for a month. I was going to say a year, but forget that one, all right? <laughs> 
It's that moment in our life where he says, pray and fast. It's a cover over your mouth. I love that. And then it goes on, and, and, and the meaning goes on to say this. The scripture word for bringing down the, an enemy in conduct, in, in, sorry, in combat, or subduing your own soul as an act of humility. You fasting won't make God change his mind or make him do anything in our life. But it does enable us to hear God with crystal clarity so that we can pray in wisdom and change who we are to be in line with what he wants. Praying and fasting, do you know what? Oh, there's, let me just go. Matthew, this is what Jesus talked about in prayer and fasting. Matthew 6, verse 5, it says, When you pray, <laughs> not if, and he's talking about fasting and prayer, when, see, I don't know, I, I, oh, I'm so tempted. When was the last time you fasted? Don't tell me. All right. Put your hand up in your heart. When was the last time you fasted? A week ago? A month ago, at the beginning of the year, when the, most of the church fasted and prayed for the week, a month, a year, a year and a half, ten years, five years, who? Only you can answer that journey. But Jesus here says, "When you pray, you shall not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray in the synagogues and on the corners of the streets, that they may be seen by men." Hence the reason why I asked. Don't put up your hand. Assuredly, I say, they have their reward. You know, when everybody knows that this is what you're doing, you've lost your reward. Oh, I've been fasting for five days, and uh, oh, it's just been such a revelation to me. Great, just tell, just, tell, just tell people, I've had such a revelation this week. Don't go, mm. I, feel, mm. I feel like it. There's people in the room doing the same motion. It's hilarious. Mm. No, no, that's exactly, what, that's exactly what the hypocrites were doing. They were making themselves look gaunt and, and tired and, oh, I've been fasting all this time. No, Jesus said, wash, clean your appearance, put a cheerful countenance on so that nobody is aware. Fasting, I heard this statement in the week. In the week. Fasting is the gateway to breakthrough. That's why fasting is so hard. Because you are denying yourself of fleshly pleasure to go into combat in a spiritual dimension. Like there's certain things that are worth a tweet, but I don't tweet and I don't X and I don't whatever it is. <laughs> you don't tweet these days. Oh no, that's Twitter. Is that Twitter? Yeah. That's a t- yeah. See, I don't do any of that. I don't really know. But... Some statements are so good that you miss them. Well, I miss them because I don't even think about saying them, so I know it's a download from heaven. It's like, oh, that was good. It's oh, better than I could have made up. This is how Jesus said to do it. In Matthew 6, 16, he said, Moreover, when you fast, he says it again, the second time. Moreover, when you fast, do not be like the hypocrites with a sad countenance, for they disfigure their face, that they may appear to men to be fasting. Most assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward. Let me let you into a secret. 
when you pray, there are rewards that come. Their reward is before men. But I believe there is a heavenly reward to those who pray and fast. I believe that reward is an open heaven, a direct connection with the Heavenly Father, allowing direct contact without the flesh getting in the way so that we have oneness in the Spirit with Him. And we see the rewards by praying and fasting, whatever that reward would be. I think there is something... As a lifestyle of fasting, I believe there is something that is so unique and so powerful that the enemy has done all he can to cause mankind on this earth to find such pleasure in food that it causes us a huge battle to do the very thing God wants us to do. Let that fall in your life wherever that needs to fall. Prayer is powerful, and as we align ourselves with the will of God, we know we're seeing many answers to prayer. Pray and not faint. Allow the Holy Spirit to lead you, direct you. Get excited about the closet prayer moments of your day. If you're still not in the closet at the beginning of the day, and for anyone that wasn't here when I first spoke about the closet, it's not your wardrobe, okay? It's that place of Um, where you can go on your own and just spend time with the Lord praying. If you've not found your closet yet, can I encourage you, find the closet place and build a life of prayer. Go and watch, what's the movie? The War Room. Christian movie. Type in Christian movie, War Room, and just get excited, encouraged about how they teach about the War Room in that movie. But find your place, because Jesus said, find, when you pray, go into your closet and pray. When we come together as a collective, as as the house of God, I so encouraged, five hours of prayer from seven till 12, gone 12, people just kept on wanting to keep going more, and we sung happy birthday, and we saw two people have their birthday at midnight. It was just so much fun. What a great way to celebrate your birthday, praying it in. How, how, How... Jesus said, my house, and this is his house. It's not my house. It's not family church's house. This is his house. My house will be a house of prayer. My people will be a house of prayer. We're going to close there. We're going to carry on next week. But you may be here, and I don't know, I don't know everybody in the room, and I don't know your journey. I don't know where your relationship with Jesus is. I do know this one thing. He wants relationship with you. He wants you to be able to talk with him, walk with him, and have an understanding of who he is in your life. First and foremost, he is your savior. He died for you. He was was nailed to a cross, not because of the Roman authorities. He could have pulled his life of, of that cross and walked away from it. But he died for you. He died for me. He died for the generations before, and he died for the generations that are yet to come. What kept him on that cross wasn't the nails. It was his love for you. It was his love for your life. The Bible says he could have called down 10,000 angels and taken them off that cross. But it was his love for you as an individual that kept him there. Because he knew we couldn't do this on our own. That we needed him to forgive us of our sin, 
to cleanse us from all the wrong we've ever done and ever will do. And that he would be the Lord and the Savior of our life. Today, if you've never received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, we're going to pray a very simple prayer. I'm going to ask you to repeat it. And at the end, I'm going to count to three. And if you prayed this prayer sincerely, not, not knowing all the answers, but you prayed it sincerely, Jesus, come into my life. I want you to pop up your hand and pop it back down. So let's just pray together. Pray it nice and loud. Father, I come to you. And I thank you for the work that Jesus did on the cross. He died for me. He died in my place. He died to take my wrong so that I could be his right. Jesus, this day, I invite you into my life to be my Lord and Savior. I ask it in your name. Amen. While every head is bowed and every eye closed. Most weeks there's somebody. That could be you today. I'm going to count to three. And if you prayed that prayer, I'm going to ask you to respond by simply putting up your hand and popping it back down. One, two, three. If you prayed that prayer today, just pop up your hand. Be brave, be strong. If that's you, acknowledging Jesus will change your life forever. Is there anybody in this room this morning? I'm going to count down from five. Five, four, three, two, one. Father, I pray for every one of us in this room. We have all prayed prayers. Lord, some of them have been answered. Some of them are taking time, but none of them will fall to the floor. So, Father, I pray in this room that you would put courage and strength in each one of us. Lord, not to faint and give up, but, Lord, to continue to call upon you, the one who hears and answers, that you are the God of miracles, signs and wonders. There is nothing too difficult for you. So, Father, today... I pray, Father, for every prayer that's been prayed in this place, that your name will be glorified and that the answers to our prayer will manifest in Jesus' name. We declare it in this place. And we all said, Amen. 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 Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Amen.